2020 is the movie that I would only watch once and never again. And you know that it's a Michael Bay film. (laughs) It's two fat morons save the world. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Terry. He's Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hey. Hey. And we are two fat morons. And what are we out to do? going to save the world today, Dave? I don't know. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> we're going to entertain the world by talking about movies today. And we have a very special guest on the show. A very special guest. Live Ooh, from Calgary? Cochrane, yeah. yeah. Calgary. Calgary yeah. Calgary. Enough. Calgary and area. Calgary and area. Yes, live from Calgary and area. <laughs> Joe Reed. How are you, Joe? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Excellent. Excellent. Great to have you um, on our program today. Uh, We are talking about entertainment. We're actually, our focus for today is kind of a tangent on what we talked about last week, which was, I'm stupid. I don't remember what we talked about last week, Dave. Television? Yes, it was television. Thank you for that. Well, that's okay. I don't blame you because I generally can't remember what I had for breakfast in the morning. I totally, I, t- totally, I had a complete brain freeze. I am so smart. S M R T. And it's, oh it has nothing God. to do with the fact that we, for every seven episodes we record, we only release one. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit that's of an exaggeration. Entire, it's exaggeration, but <laughs> it's not like, entirely true. Uh, get through an hour's episode. I was like, mm, nah, we don't want to do this one. Let's do another one. <laughs> well, the show isn't two fat PhD students. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not two fat PhD students save the world. It's exactly. It's a title card. It's um, so we're going to talk about um, movies today, and specifically movies that you just can't watch just once. You, got, you know, it, it it makes you feel good to watch it over and over and over again. There are some movies out there that people can watch probably a thousand times, probably back to back. For the purposes of this discussion, I don't think we're going to talk about Star Trek or Star Wars or any of the usual ones. I think we're looking for ones that are maybe a little bit less mainstream or a little bit less obvious because I think how many times have you seen Star Wars, Dave? Um, how many fingers do I have? I've lost count. I've, I've too many I've seen it too many times to count on my fingers so I and toes. What about you, Joe? How many times have you seen Star Wars? Oh my gosh. Star Wars was one of the things that got me into the film industry so uh, yeah the many all right, so we're not going to talk about those kinds of movies. We're going to talk more about some of the ones that may not come to the top of your mind right away, but when it comes up on television or it comes across Netflix, you watch it all the time. Um, we could talk also about movies we can only ever watch once, and there's a ton of those. Yeah, there's a few of right? those. Right? There's a few of those. Mm-hmm. We could talk about movies that, you know, might be a go-to every once in a while, but, you know, we just may lose interest and not go back to it. Um, at some point, eventually, um, and, and I guess then, you know. I, I guess we're, I want to clarify: um, these are good movies that you can only watch once, not yes, the crap that you. you the crap that you see and you didn't like it, and you'd only watch it once. That that doesn't. That's every other movie, but good movies, high quality movies that you can only watch once and then never again, or at least mm. in your lifetime once, maybe twice. And there, I have at least two on my list. So the room doesn't count, Dave. The Room? 
the room. <laughs> you, you guys have to be familiar with the room. Oh, Tommy absolutely. Wizzo, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. I think I'm familiar with it. I don't know if I've seen it. It's considered the worst, Ooh. best film ever made. Oh, it's maybe. It's really, really they, It's so bad a, it's good. They made a document, or not a, like a, a biopic uh, yeah, called... James Franco. The Disaster Artist, right? Yeah. yeah. Disaster Artist, that's it, yeah. Um, great film, if you ever get a chance to see it. However, we, Dave, as we always do, we're morons, we digress. Um, first things first. <laughs> this, keeping continuity, just tying everything together, we are still six weeks, what was it, five weeks ago there was an election in our general hemisphere, and it's, it's still not really kind of over dave you told me something in the preamble that i didn't even know like Mm -hmm. what was that uh, well okay so so here's the here's the here's the funny thing okay donald trump has been taking money to fund this election fraud campaign right so that he can pay for all the recounts and all the blah 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 uh we mentioned last week that in the in the fine print of that he said that 50 percent of the money that he's taking he's putting towards his campaign debt you know how much money he's raised so far no clue. 150 million so far. 150 million dollars he's raised for his save the election campaign. Now, <clears throat> it costs a lot of money to do recounts. Um and he just did one, I believe it was in Wisconsin and he spent 3 million dollars on a recount in Wisconsin. At the end of that recount, it ended up that Joe Biden had 132 more votes than previous <laughs> serious is that yeah, true yeah yeah so that what <laughs> oh that gosh. says is that donald trump paid something like and you can you get a calculator if you want thirty two thousand dollars per vote to give joe biden a stronger edge it's it's 132 votes it doesn't even really factor into it but just the fact that they found 132 extra votes for joe for joe biden and donald trump paid for it not mexico dave, donald trump dave joe Dave, Joe, they call us morons. Mm. Think about that. Unbelievable. I don't want to talk about this election anymore. I'm tired. I was tired of it three weeks then ago. Why did you 20, 2020 is the movie that I would only watch once and never again. Yeah. And, oh, and, 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 and you know. For all the wrong reasons. And you know that it's a Michael Bay film. Oh, of course. Telephoto <laughs> lens sweeping around the storm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, featuring Bumblebee. Yes, of course. And starring, uh, oh, what was her name? Megan Fox. Yep. Megan Thank Fox. You know, yep. <laughs> Megan Fox. Who am I seen? As Megan? Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I was, that's who I kind of was trying to be. That was good. That was a good Megan one. Megan Fox yeah, as so. Donald Trump. So that's what our discussion is about today, uh, uh, guys and dolls. But um, Canada lost uh, somebody here. Um, what was when was uh, when did Alex Trebek pass away, guys? Was it a week ago? Was it, was it two couple, weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure the weeks. exact date. I can find out here. But Alex Trebek. Yeah. Mr. Jeopardy. Well, that that's my point. I mean, he wasn't just Mr. Jeopardy. This guy was like. Do uh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience do some research and read up about this guy? He was really something, and uh, you know, um, even though he was a U.S. citizen, he was very proud to be a Canadian. The very last thing that he did um, that was 
Canadian-related was he made the Ottawa Senators' first-round draft choice selection mm-hmm. uh, during the NHL draft, which was a, a, a moment of absolute delight and pure genius as far as I was concerned. So in honor of Alex Trebek, I'm going to ask you guys a trivia question. Uh-oh. Or a Jeopardy oh, no. question. Well, I can't, we can't say Jeopardy. Take, edit that out, Jeopardy. You can We're say Jeopardy. Jeopardy is just a word. We can, we can say Jeopardy, 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 Jeopardy. You just Jeopardy, can't, Jeopardy, just can't Jeopardy. use the music. Uh, the demonetization's <laughs> happening as we speak. So, All I'll, right. I'll cue the fake Jeopardy music. <laughs> there you go. So, for I'll take, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take pop songs for 400, Alex. The question is, this song was Bruce Springsteen's only number one hit in his entire career. Born in the USA. Is that your official answer? No. Could be Dancing in the Dark. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Yeah, I can't that answer That is not correct. Joe, do you have a guess? Uh... Yeah, what is born in the USA? I don't know. Are we phrasing it as a question? I'm not sure. <laughs> that was pretty perfect. I love that. Nope, that's not correct. Okay, so I'll give you a hint. It was not recorded by Bruce Springsteen. Oh. 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 Whitney One Houston. more hint. Whitney Houston, I will always love you. That's Dolly Parton. <laughs> okay, okay. I was the third hint is... Mm. It was Manfred Mann's only number one hit in North America. Um, oh, that's got to give it away, guys. I Come feel on. like yeah, I'm just trying I to think of the name. Like guided, yeah, yeah. guided by the Light? Is that what it's called? Or, or, oh, you're close. What's, what's you're it? close. What's the first word? Driving by Blinded the Light? Blinded by the Light. Blinded. Of course. Blinded by the Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wrapped up and, like a uh, deuce. Deuce. Which, uh, the reason I asked this question to you guys is um, I'd like to do an episode someday of popular songs that have um, misheard lyrics. I, I did oh, some yeah. research on this today. Yeah. There are hundreds of them. Yeah. I still can't listen to Pat Benatar without hearing Hit Me With Your Pet Shark. <laughs> In Yugoslavia, in Yugoslavia, you'll never starve, never starve. Exactly, right? So we'll have to reconvene for that, however. Thanks for playing out there, everybody. I, st- I, I still love, you got it. I, st- I still love slow-talking Walter, the fire engine guy. Slow-talking Walter, the fire engine guy. Slow-talking Walter. Fun fact, that's the only song I know on the guitar is... Uh, Slow talking Walter. And that yeah. is a Slow. fun fact. That's great. <laughs> All righty. So let's, you know, let's, let's get, let's get into this. Okay. Uh, I want to, around. I want to start ahead. and I want to talk about my buddy, Joe and my Uh-oh. buddy, Joe. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Joe, Joe, I'm so sorry, Dave. I'm a moron. Joe's, I completely forgot. Joe's hanging Ooh, out where? on the other end and, uh, Joe and I, um, kind of lucked into, uh, to meeting each other. Uh, when was that? That'd have been 2018. Uh, it was eons ago. Or was eons. it yesterday? Late 2018, I think. And yeah, uh, I run a small uh, media production company in in Alberta. And I got this resume on my desk. And this guy who's a, like has film experience and he's done some stuff. And I was doing some video stuff. And I thought, oh, I better talk to him. And uh, so Joe and I 
uh, Joe came into my office, and I think probably four hours later, <laughs> our conversation was finished. But it was fascinating. And Joe um, works in the film industry, has worked on some major blockbuster movies, and I find... Joe, I find your career and your personality and everything completely fascinating. And I, I, I consider myself <laughs> lucky to have worked uh, with on some, some very, very small, low-budget projects with you. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed getting to know you and meeting you, and I, I didn't know you felt that way about my career. So thank you. I think it's kind of a train wreck myself, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it's... it's it's led to a lot of uh, of interesting experiences, uh, and yeah, I love. I mean, I love movies. I wouldn't be doing anything anything different. I joke that it's a train wreck, but I mean, really, it's it's so. Well, cool why, to... why don't you just tell the people up there what you've done and let them decide for themselves, Joe? Oh well, fair enough. All right, let's see. Well, I worked on the movie Train Wreck. No, <laughs> the movie Train Wreck. <laughs> <train wreck. laughs> um, so yeah, I I am a film director primarily in the uh, it, it, mostly independent films, as well as uh, do a couple commercials here and there in the Alberta area, and then whenever Hollywood likes to bring a, a bigger production to our wonderful province, uh, I am working on that. So I've done everything from the locations department to assistant directing department where I'm knocking on the doors of uh, a big budget actors and saying, we're ready for you now, Mr. Smith or whoever it is. Um, <laughs> some films include, uh, let's see, I was on uh, uh, Jumanji, The Next Level. Mm-hmm. So that's the sequel with The Rock and and, and uh, that cast of characters. Um Fairly recently, I was on the set for the latest Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. A little film you, uh, might have, you might have heard of. Jason yeah. Reitman, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I've done uh, a Netflix series as well, Black Summer. Uh, we just finished up the second season of Black Summer. Uh, I've worked on Heartland. Uh, I've done a couple of days here and there on, on various productions. Um that have come through and uh, and yeah, those are those are cool. kind of the main ones that you probably recognize um, and uh, uh, an uh, upcoming Hallmark movie as well. So that should be fun. Cool. So well, let I- me ask you a question, Joe. You said Jumanji, right? I did. Yes. Isn't that a movie about a board game that transports people into the jungle? Huh. Well, um, in that particular movie, um, hold on. Just just say yes or no. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Yes. So my question is, they filmed that in Alberta? No. They did. Yes, yeah, the they... the wild jungles of Alberta. There's got to be a story there and you got to tell it. <laughs> have you seen the movie? I have not. Okay, you should you okay. should see the movie before you see it. Yeah. <laughs> because um, it's not filmed in the jungle. Well, not primarily, not entirely. Entirely? Is it like Badlands with dinosaurs and stuff? No. Is that what it is? Well, I'll I mean, I'll uh, put a spoiler warning here if you haven't seen the movie both it's come out like came out what a year ago two years ago now I'm not gonna watch it it's not my kind of film you can spoil it's a, away it's a yeah, great movie um the the concept is it's it's a video game right so this is the sequel to the first movie and uh, the first movie was set entirely in the jungle and then for the second movie it is the next level so the next level is not in fact a jungle uh, they used uh, they used a little bit of jungle in Hawaii and then they did some mountainous snowy scenes in the Kananaskis region and uh, then they also did some uh, work in Nevada in the deserts as well. Well, I thought I was going to be clever and I ended up. Looking like a moron, Dave. That's in the title. This is not new. 
Yeah, it's the it's the it's the title. You gotta you gotta stick to your guys' brand. That's so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I also wanted you you, uh, you did some work on a lesser known film um, about um, ghost busting, and uh, we uh, don't use that. We we can't. I can't use those words together. Um, in, in no, my you NDA. can't by no. contract because they because they because I I um, I quite. Um, um, legitimately blamed you for them canceling the release of Ghostbusters this year and I still stick to that. But uh, <laughs> it was absolutely my Do you decision. mean paranormal investigation? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> um, exactly. Yes. Um, cuz I've been on the edge of my seat waiting for this movie. Um, that you told me a story and this doesn't go against any NDAs, but you told me a story about going to a movie theater once during the shot or during the during the shoot and you guys, you know, kind of hang out a little bit to to break the ice. But you went to a movie. I can't remember what the movie was, but you told me a story about who you sat beside. Can you tell that? I think I can. Yes. Um yeah, so that movie that you're referring to was uh Quentin Tarantino's uh, what is it? Eleventh picture now? Seventh picture? I, I forget which one we're we're on. But uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, which, by the way, the best way to watch a movie about Hollywood is to watch it in a theater full of people who work in Hollywood. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, I watched the movie just the other day with my wife, and there were certain jokes that I was roaring at, and she was like, wait, I don't get it. Um, but uh, but even just, you know, making fun of the makeup department and how everybody thinks that that, that uh, the, everybody hates the makeup department or whatever, you know, little things like that where, mm -hmm. like, you watch mm -hmm. it in a room full of, of people who are in the industry – uh, they were they absolutely loved it. So great experience, um, and uh, and I always like to get to theaters early. Um, you know, find the best seat and eat my popcorn and think about uh, life and the meaning of of existence uh, while I stare at a blank screen. And uh, and I'm you know sitting there having my existential crisis. And uh, to the left of me, I hear, hey, is this seat taken? And I'm kind of sitting on the very edge. And I'm like, oh, yeah, not at all. And I look over and I'm like, oh, hello, Paul Rudd. Um, so, Paul yeah. Rudd? Yeah. Ant-Man? So, Ant-Man. The Ant-Man, yes. Which is, is, He's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. I know. Yes. And we... Uh, we Apparently a really nice man, too, from what I hear. Oh, it's so, so nice. Paul is probably one of the best like Hollywood A-list actors I've worked with in terms of mm -hmm. just he he really cares about his fans and he really cares about the people he works with and and actually tries to you know talk to you and 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 get to know you and yeah it was great it was a great experience to 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 sit next to Paul Rudd and enjoy and enjoy a movie in just a very casual setting and it's one of those it's one of those experiences where I look back on it and I'm like oh okay yeah I guess I kind of have made it you know it's 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 cool to to just be in that circle of of, of individuals, and they're they're not you know these big famous people that you've only seen on Entertainment Canada. They're they're actually your coworkers, and they're human beings. So it's cool. The the thing I love about Paul Rudd is when you watch him in interviews, or you see him on sketch comedy, or Saturday Night Live, or wherever it is, he comes across that way. Like he presents yep. himself the way that people describe him as in real life. Um, oh, you stole my thunder. That's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of actors that I've seen, you know, in interviews and and things, and and like Martin Short, for example, who I act, who I love, but he's always on. He's always playing a character in any interview and in any whatever. You never really see, you you never really get the idea that you're seeing the guy. But Paul Rudd is just so natural as a 
person that when you're watching him in an interview, he's just like, he's just, yeah, I, I could have, I could have a drink with that guy. Oh, he's he's so genuine, honestly. He really is, and uh, and what a great actually. It was funny during that that uh, that theater uh, that seat um, was uh, was apparently reserved for somebody else, right? And and so my coworker comes along and he's like, "Hey, who's this guy sitting in my seat?" And then he's like, you know, walking up to him all mad, and it's like, "Hey, that's my uh, actually never mind." I have that seat. That's great. That's hysterical. Yeah. So we'll do a bit of a roundtable here, guys. Um, I'm going to just basically moderate or referee or whatever, um, because that's what I do. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I don't know if Dave's noticed yet or not, mm. uh, but it's true. I am. I'm a bit of a control freak, Dave. Mm. Mm. Grunt, 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 mutter, grumble, mutter, grumble. <laughs> Movies we can watch over and over and over again. I'm going to give you guys my first one, and it's a bit odd. It's not really a movie. It's a web series. So then it's a not a 45 minute. So mm-hmm. it's not a movie. It kind of is, but it's something that I can watch over and over and over and over again. And I have probably a thousand times. Um, a little thing called Dr. Horrible's sing along blog. Are you guys familiar with it? Oh, I oh, love sure. that. But it is a movie. That is a movie. Yeah, it's a movie I would yeah. say it's a movie. Yeah. yeah that's kind of why I bring it up, right? I could watch NPH and Nathan Fillion and Felicia Day probably six hours a day and, and still find something new to laugh about. Mm-hmm. That's mine. So I'll kick it off with that one. I'm glad you guys have seen it. I think it's a classic. Joss Whedon and the Whedon Boys, by the way, Dave, I know you're a fan. Yeah. So you guys, what's, you know, just off the top, what's a movie that you're, what's a project, a movie, a film? We're going to talk about film. Film. That you can watch over and over and over again. Dave? Don't have one. And I'll tell you why. one? No. Why? Uh, I have movies that I can watch, that I can stand to watch again. And every now and then, I do. um, But I don't have a movie that I would watch over and over and over again because I'm ADHD and I have to consume new material all the time. So I'm constantly looking for new movies, new TV shows, new web series, new whatever. Because once I've seen it, I've seen it. Now, having said that, um, there are movies that I go back to every now and then. Now, to say, you know, when, when you say I could watch it six, eight hours a day, blah, 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 that's not what I can do. But I that's do fair. I do love to revisit some of the classics, and we talked about Star Wars, and we talked about, um, well, I don't consider the Star Wars movies, or Star Trek movies, to be classic at all. At least not the the uh, the J.J. Abrams, the, the new universe, what do they call it? No, I consider one myself the wrath of khan is a classic but well i i consider most of the original star trek movies to be classic star trek fair now um they have their odd and even rule and yada 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 wrath of khan certainly um star trek 4 certainly um but i haven't watched those in a long time there are movies i can have in the background um constantly like if i'm listening to if I'm doing something, I can have the Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail on in the background mm, all okay. the time. Good choice, good choice. Um, yeah. Because I'm that's a, a good one. I'm a huge Monty Python fan, and that goes. That's not only their movies, but their television series and their uh, their uh, their record recordings or their their sketch comedy recordings and kind of all of that stuff. Um, Do you have a favorite bit from uh, from Holy Grail? Yes, everybody does, right? Yes, and that would be the. Um, 
uh, what do they call it? Um, Afternoon Squire. Afternoon Squire, your wife. She's a goer. Hey, hey, know what I mean? Say no more. Ooh, that's not Holy Grail. <laughs> no, 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 that's... not Holy Grail. That's Monty Python. No, that's not Holy Grail. Oh, I got you. Okay. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. You, you can't. I mean, what was your question? Do I have a favorite part of the Holy Grail? Yeah. Uh, but hey, that works no. too. That is a great yeah. bit. The... No, because because Monty because Monty Python has to be parted out in a certain way. Like the Holy Grail is the Holy Grail, and that's your favorite part of it. But but their sketch series, they have sketches, and you you know you can have your favorite mm-hmm. parrot sketch or your favorite sketch. You know you know. But but like you can't say what's your favorite part of. Um, the life of Brian, or something, because the movie Drinking. stands on its own, right? I think, anyway. That's a good point, actually. I like yeah. that. Um, what about you, Joe? What comes to your mind? Uh, for movies or Monty Python? <laughs> no, no, for movies. Stay on topic. Stay uh, on topic. Uh, briefly, uh, the Knights Who Say Knee is pretty good. Um, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for movies, gosh, that's a hard question because, and I've I've been asked before since I work in the, the film industry, like, oh, like, what's your favorite movie? And I'm like, uh, I like all movies for different reasons or different parts of different movie. But uh, what's I'll, a go-to? Which uh, one? I'll you, give you an example of something. Night, I, I which just, one do you put on? I give you an example of something I just watched the other night. Uh, the the third Harry Potter movie, Prisoner of Ask. Caban, um, which uh, is is not only a, a good Harry Potter movie, but just a good movie in general. Uh, directed, uh, of course, by um, by the guy who did um, um, Children of Men, um, mm. whose name uh, Alfonso Cuaron. That's his name. And, and what about uh, the film did you like so much? Like, why is oh it a go-to gosh. above so, eight other movies? So, I mean, first of all, they did a very good job of interpreting the story of, of the books. I often, like, I just read the book the other day, and I find that the book is a little, uh, it's it's definitely, there. it's not often when I say a, a book kind of tells you too much like there are parts of the book where i'm like oh okay just get on with the story i don't need to know how every particular house elf is living their day or whatever a uh, good bit of world building but you know i, I mean to my adhd brain uh, not something that i really want to focus on i want to focus on the plot but the biggest thing that that he, that uh, he was able to do is is Make it a cinematic masterpiece. Everything from the soundtrack to the the cameras, the the very long shots that he likes to use, uh, the the use of mirrors is kind of a motif throughout the film, is is incredible, um, and it just it, it manages to carve out a space in the in the series of these essentially blockbuster movies as as a little bit more of a of a, an avant-garde piece, if you will. Um, something Joe. that's a little bit more focused and... Uh, Joe. Yeah. The name of the program is Two Fat Morons Save the World. Right? Yeah, yeah. Stop with the science. That's all I'm asking. Just stop with this. You're hurting my brain, man. You're hurting my brain. That's all. That's, I mean, that's... But that's who I am. That's... It's... It feels <laughs> good to watch it. No, it's like... It's because I... Yeah, movies. The science of movies fascinates me as much as just the the experience themselves, um, and maybe that just comes from my background in in directing. I'm always thinking about like like how can I manipulate the audience's brain to to elicit a particular reaction. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just I don't know. Like, there's lots of cool artsy movies out there. But Harry Potter is just fun, and you combine that with a director who really knows what he's doing, and it's uh, it's it's just a very rewatchable movie. 
in my so that raises kind of a good point like as a Mm. film guy and a director can you watch a movie um to enjoy it as a as the story or are you always that's a good question analyzing the lighting and the effects and how yeah that's a really good question i you know when i first started working in film i couldn't turn my brain off but now i have this rule of always watching a movie twice i'll watch Mm -hmm. it once probably in the theater just to enjoy the movie and shut my brain off and then the second time i'll watch it I'll be like, ah, yes, they use this particular lighting technique or mm, the sound in this one, right? I mean, I could ask the same thing like when you're listening to a radio uh, show yep. or another podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I try my best because I, I never want to get into that, um, into that rut of my career ruining the, the magic for me, right? Um, and, and that's something that, especially working in, a crazy industry like Hollywood, it can be, it's, you see a lot of people in the industry kind of become, um, uh, not defeated. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ah, my brain's not working right now, but just like jaded. That's what I'm looking for. Jaded. Ah, yes. Um, and, uh, it's not fun to watch. So I, uh, I try to turn my brain off for my first viewing to answer your question. Well, okay. That, uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I just have to ask Dave something. Dave, where, 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 where did you find this guy again? He's making us look really stupid. You know that, right? No, well, it's in the title. It's in the title. <laughs> He's, he, Joe, doesn't, Joe doesn't make me look stupid. Joe always made me look better. Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't know about okay. that, Dave. Not better than you. You want me? I can. Maybe I you can, look better than me. I can try for you. Uh, the movie's good. The movie's good. <laughs> I like movie good. I like movie, movie good, good movie. Yes. Mm, yes. So let me throw let me throw one at you that um, from a technical and from a storytelling standpoint that whenever it's on television or on Netflix, I always watch it. Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. right? Beautifully made technical film. Absolutely. Right. Beautiful storytelling all the way through that. Is that something that you guys Tarantino is, Tarantino is one of those directors. I have to see every movie. And I, having said that, I, I have not seen the, the newest uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie yet, and I want to see it. Not my favorite Tarantino film. I didn't enjoy it at I've all. I've seen dude. most Everybody of his movies. Everybody does seem to have their favorite Tarantino movie. Um, yeah, I certainly have my favorite Tarantino movie. Uh, well, I have a couple that are up there, but... Um, Tarantino is one of those actors that's that's brilliant um, and has his own very distinct style and should never appear in his own movies and he does and it ruins it for me when 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 he appeared in uh, in uh, Django Unchained uh, it's just mm. all I could see was Tarantino was like get off the screen and let's just get back to the movie um, but it, it, it works in Reservoir Dogs because you didn't really know who he was, and it kind of worked in Pulp Fiction because you kind of knew who he was, and it was kind of like a Hitchcockian. Thing. I suppose back then, right? Sure. That's well, yeah. that's that's a philosophical question. Is now that you know who he is as a director, does that change how you watch the movie because you know who he is, and you're like, ah, it's a director? I wouldn't have yeah. thought that, Joe, but Dave just made the point, and I have to agree with Dave on this one. Yeah, hundred percent. And yet, and yet, when Hitchcock strolled onto the screen in his own movies he downplayed it it was always a cameo not a yeah, speaking it role it was it was always okay i'm gonna watch this movie I, I gotta find hitchcock he's in here somewhere i know he's in all of his movies somewhere um now having said that tarantino um having his own style did you ever see the episode of csi that he directed 
Oh no! Didn't you told me about this. No, he did. That's interesting. He did, and it would be very interesting. I, I don't know if you were a CSI. I mean, CSI. This is back, uh, the old CSI New York. Uh, no, CSI um, Las Vegas back in the day, right before there were a hundred CSI shows, and Tarantino directed it, and it opened. And as soon as it, as soon as the show opened, I knew it was Tarantino because it was playing some cool kind of funky, never heard before track, and it was just you know looking out through the car window and the and the the um, what do they call that the the thing that dangles from your the mirror you know the dice or whatever was kind of dangling and it's like this feels so tarantino and the mm. whole episode was very very tarantino very very stylish stylized and it was quite horrifying actually but i said this guy has so much range and this was man how long ago was this i can't even remember probably in the mid 2000s 2004 2005 something like that um, but it was just unbelievable how Tarantino can so easily swap switch between big screen and small screen because his style is extremely uh, translatable between the two mediums. That's a nice little connector and homage to our uh, discussion of last time for sure. And uh, you know, I wouldn't have even remembered that unless you had brought that up. Mm -hmm. here, so that's a that's a pretty good one. It mm -hmm. is always. Cool. Um, what about the Matrix uh, series? Is that Something you guys can watch over and over and no. over again? Uh, no. I can, I mean, I, well, I, I can watch all movies over again, but over and over and over and over again. But we're no, we're talking about go-tos that we, go -tos. you know, that are guilty pleasures that we enjoy. For me, the Matrix, I bring this one up because for me, I can't watch two and three. I can watch, you know, episode mm, one or whatever you right, want to call right. it. I can watch the original over and over and over again. It's well done. It's It's just a really, really you know, well done film. And, and there's another one sort of like that, that's seasonal that I can only watch once every year mm -hmm. <laughs> and then have to wait for the next year. Like a Christmas story. Who hasn't seen a Christmas story yep. every mm -hmm. Christmas? I watch it every year. Yeah. 40 years. Right. So that brings me to a point about watching movie over and over again. If you watch it at a specific time of year, so there's Christmas story, there's Christmas vacation. Um, what's Die the hard. most, yeah, I was going to say, what's the most violent Christmas movie out there? Die Scrooge. Hard. Oh, Die Hard, of course. Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge. Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge is pretty violent, man. Like, it's pretty violent. Um, I love that movie. Then you you talk about sequels, and the sequels never, and that's there's probably a whole episode, the podcast episode we could do on just sequels and whether they add up. I have never seen another Die Hard movie besides the original Die Hard. Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, I've never seen any of them. Never had an interest. I, I always... I always have to categorize my my movies by movies that I that I appreciate as 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 a movie, and I'll you know I'll watch them again every now and then, and then I have like the feel good movies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are two very like distinct things. Like Die Hard is one you can watch every year around Christmas time, but do you find yourself watching Die Hard? All throughout the year as well. Mm -mm. No, yeah, no, but that's like a Christmas story. It's gets right. tied to the tied to the season, right? Like like watching a Christmas Carol, whatever version from the twenties to the two thousands. Yeah, it's tradition. You have to watch it. If I'm not mistaken, I think one of Dave's 
favorite films, two of Dave's favorite films are Nightmare Before Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life. Both of those are very based in Christmas time, right? So. Nightmare Before Christmas is my wife's favorite movie. I have a tremendous respect for Tim Burton just being able to make Me a too. movie over two and a half years uh, where every <laughs> every frame is individually shot and packaged. And he's done some amazing stop motion to the to the point where the stop motion almost starts to look so good that you think it's CG and it's never CG. There is a, Tim Burton's. There's a now, surprising. Hold on, Joe. I'm going to segue what, that what? for a second because today there's actually an auction in London and they're selling most of the armature puppets that were used in Nightmare Before Christmas from the prop store. Right. There's a surprising interesting lack. Interesting segue there. There's a surprising lack of CGI in in. Um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas specifically, but in all of his um, his stop motion features, I think you know CGI and and um, and visual effects are a great aid, especially in modern mm-hmm. um, stop motion animation. But you you break it down, and like even some of the most complex effects, like water dripping off of uh, mm-hmm. Jack Skellington's head, um, it's just you know a, a drop of glue that they move down frame by frame. Like it's it's crazy. It's super cool. It's an art, right? And and I those kinds of movies should never be done cgi in my opinion the 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 one and only time i've seen nightmare before christmas i i loved it because of that because it was old school it was ray harryhausen it was you know john dykstra stan winston um you know you there's a there's a beauty in watching a film that has that stop motion um, you know, element to it. I've seen Corpse Bride a couple of times, which I think is a Tim Burton movie yep. too. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And and it, it, it's 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 brilliant because it's because it, there are flaws and there are things that are endemic to that art form. So you know, I kind of you know I kind of get that. Given um, the f- I want to talk about given the ahead. fact that it was released in 1993, says, know, right? says that there's probably very little CGI, and I understand um, directors, even stop motion directors, who might enhance their backgrounds or maybe add some lighting effects and CGI. But Tim Burton, everything like Frank and Weenie, everything is just brilliant and real and in camera and just amazing and fun and fun just yeah. fun right we do also have so, to, to note that um nine Baby before christmas isn't actually a tim burton directed film it's just based on his artwork it's directed right. by somebody else yeah, but he produced it. He did, yes. And it's it is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. No, no, you are right, yeah. and that is actually a valid point. Um, that was directed oh. by I can't even find it. Well, I'm going to segue into what Joe mentioned earlier, which was about train wrecks. And um, I'll talk. Let's talk about a train wreck movie that you know you you may want to watch it maybe only once. You can only watch it once, or you know you 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 have to watch it so many times because it's a train wreck like you can't take your eyes away from it i have one movie in that category um boogie nights Mm. are are you familiar with Boogie? Mm -hmm. that that movie is very very uncomfortable to watch but i still can't help watching it when it's on yeah i don't have i don't have time for movies that aren't good uh yeah you didn't think boogie nights was good well, you can't call a movie a train wreck and then say it's good. <laughs> no, I'm when I want to. Sorry, uh, fair enough. Good point. Let, let me let me elucidate and qualify, <laughs> moron. Nah, that's you saving the world one day at a time. 
Yes, I know. Um, I should have been more clear. What I meant was it's the concept of watching a train wreck. You can't take your eyes away from it. Oh. It's horrifying. It's uncomfortable. But you still have to watch it. That's kind of what I meant, right? So I apologize, guys. I should have been a bit more clear, but uh, I am a moron. It's in the title. It's in the title. Um, that movie for me would be Schindler's List. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. You yeah, went yeah. there. Yeah, I went there. And I've seen it once in the theater and it was the quietest walk back to the car with oh. my girlfriend at the time, and 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 uh, I watched. I saw it in Halifax, and there was a there's a, the parking lot is kind of down the street, so everyone parks, so everyone's kind of walking in a line uh, back to their cars after the movie, and there wasn't a sound. Nobody. Let me get talked. this. Let me get this straight, Dave. You took a girl on a date, probably hoping to get lucky because I know no. you. No. And your big idea was, hey, baby, let's go see Schindler's List. Yeah, That'll yeah. be romantic. <laughs> no. It's not how it went. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Yeah. She was Jewish. No, I'm kidding. She wasn't Jewish. Oh, um, <laughs> he went there. <laughs> no, Dave. No. no. It, <laughs> um, On behalf but, of... Uh, of Everybody, I apologize for the, that last joke. <laughs> Two fat morons. It's in the title. I stand behind it. Use it as a shield. Um, <laughs> that's a dangerous position. To, that's a uh, with great power comes a great responsibility. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, fantastic movie. Well done. Well acted. Amazing. Um, did that win an Oscar? Which one? Schindler's List. It won all Oscars. Yeah, that that's what that's that what year, I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and I. I watched it when it came out in the theater. I still remember it like it was yesterday because it burned into the back of my retinas like, and I've never seen it since. So let me throw another one at you guys because we're, we're, we're about you know, 15, 20 minutes away from wrapping this part of this discussion up, but I'd like to maybe see if we can revisit this another time. But to segue on that then, what about a film where it's so good and is genre or... Um, legacy defining for a series i've seen rogue one once i cannot watch that film again i thought it was great oh interesting it yeah, is yeah. fantastic it, it to me is the second best star wars movie if not yeah. the best star wars movie but that's why i can't watch it again because i don't want to start finding things wrong with it i loved it so much yeah 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 well I, I was just saying yeah it, it's Oh, it's it's the it's the best flawed movie I think I've ever seen because there are flaws and when you start looking for the flaws you can't unsee the flaws and maybe that's that's my point because yeah. of my background in film or whatever but but yeah it was like you you watch it in theaters and you're like oh Star Wars is back and then you watch it again and you're like oh I don't think there are any movies that aren't that aren't, <laughs> oh. that aren't flawed in some way well but I just. The, just that film, the, I mean, I've never felt sad over the death of a robot in my life. Mm-hmm. Not mm. even Wally, right? Didn't even care. <laughs> but I don't remember the the robot's name, but the, the robot yeah, at the, K- in Rogue K- One. K- K- yeah, K2SO, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Who, you, you shed a tear when old Yeller dies. Yeah, I gotta shed a tear when, what's his name again? K2SO. K2SO. K2SO dies. You gotta shed a tear. Yeah. So, uh, but then if we pull back the curtain, we realize that you shed a tear for the robot, but the two human main characters when they got blown up, you're like, oh, okay. 
Well, it was fitting, right? Like mm-hmm. it, that was the way Rogue One ended the way it should have to stick with the canon of Star Wars and to give us an unforgettable film that is going to go down in history um, as one of the best in the franchise. And it was right. the first, uh, the first, uh, I guess, movie that wasn't part of the, the Skywalker saga that they've called it. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, I just broke my own rule about talking about uh, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek. But I had to. I'm sorry out there. It's such a good movie. Well, I since, loved it so much. Since we've gone there, I'll go against everyone's grain and say I didn't hate Solo either. Most people did. I've... I kind of forgot about it. Like it's, it wasn't a bad movie, but I've it wasn't memorable either. No, but what but, is this solo witchery but, though? Yeah, see, of. there were so many people that came out against it and were so like, but I didn't hate it. I thought the portrayal of Solo was decent. Um, there were a couple silly things in the middle, but uh, but I didn't hate. I didn't hate learning how Han Solo and Chewbacca met. I didn't hate. I didn't hate learning, you know, how he actually managed to do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Um, um, and understanding what that actually meant, these classic kind of Han Solo stories from the mainstream films were kind of explained in Solo, and I didn't mind that. Star Wars is a delicate subject to talk about on any medium because people are just so passionate about Star Wars that it's impossible to make anybody happy. Um, and no matter what opinion you share anywhere mm-hmm. on the internet, somebody's going to say you're wrong for it. All right, guys, we, we could do an entire year's worth of podcasts mm-hmm. on Star Wars yeah. alone, and I'm sure that there are podcasts out there that do do a year's worth of content on Star Wars alone, but Rogue One is quality, and and, and for me, the, the point that I'm making is that I loved that movie so much because of what it was that I don't want to go back and watch it because I don't want to start seeing mistakes you yep. know and to joe's Fair. point i'm like i'm like that too i'll start looking for mistakes you know stormtroopers smashing their head into a into a door the stuff like that right having said um, that having said that i could watch uh, empire strikes back over and over again that's good um, that's fair which i consider to be the best star wars movie and ultimately rewatchable and i think it bears to be said too that um that darth vader just passed away Oh yes, not yes. that long ago. Timely, yeah, a few days ago. Discussions. Yeah, yeah. David Prowse. Rest in peace, Mr. Prowse. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, he joins the the Force ghosts with that's uh, right. Carrie Fisher and Sir Alec Guinness and Peter Mayhew yeah, and Peter Mayhew. I don't know, maybe even K two S O. I couldn't think of his name again. I'm never going to get that. KS2O. I love how you knew exactly what, what he was thinking of, too. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. KS2O. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I, there's a film that uh, came out recently this year that um, I, I think I've seen it 20 times already. It hasn't even been out that long. Um, there's a film out there called uh, Eurovision 2020, the story oh. of Fire Saga. Have you seen this, guys? No. Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdam? Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Do, okay, well... Okay, it's Will Ferrell. Need I say more? Mm. He's so dreamy, too. Mm. Mm. Uh, do yourselves He's- a favor and watch that film. It's it's a feel-good, very well-done, um, silly, silly movie. Um, what about the Aliens franchise? Do you know, like, how many, like, when Alien comes on television, can you watch it over and over again? No, the original? absolutely. I can, yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in fact, I think Aliens kind of superseded Alien in 
popular opi opinion or popular whatever because anytime i think of alien as a franchise i'm always thinking of scenes in my head of from aliens aliens the right? sequel yeah for yeah. sure yeah i sequel. i would like to find out um what elder god um G <laughs> jim cameron made a pact with so that m most of his his movies have stayed within the top grossing films of all time. Terminator. I'll be back. Terminator, Avatar, Titanic, mm -hmm. uh, Aliens, all within the at least the top 15 mm -hmm. highest grossing movies of all time, mm -hmm. up there with Avengers and Star Wars and everything else. So, uh, James Cameron, if you're listening, uh, I, I will give up my firstborn child. <laughs> just tell me what I need to do what witchcraft you practice I think Mrs. Joe might have a problem with that little pack <laughs> I think so too <laughs> oh no we both hate kids it's fine We're and, and, don't, and don't be giving Mr. Cameron any movie ideas because he just might take you up on that one Joe but so, so I guess that, that, that begs a good question. How much is the director responsible for the overall quality of a film and how much do you credit? I mean, obviously the director is the boss, right? Um, you hear about producers and producers are above directors, but they really don't have too much creative control over the oh, film. Oh, that's not entirely uh, true. It depends. Well, if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're on set, the director is the boss. If Once you're off set, everything else is in the executive producer's hands all yeah, the, including made including edits guys right oh absolutely like Cameron Cameron is it Cameron and guys like Cam, guys like Cameron and Spielberg and Tarantino they're in a little bit of a sweet spot because they can have the power to have final edits on their own films yep. most directors don't have that right so that 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 means a lot and when you've got a guy like Cameron in particular who kind of developed the whole notion of spending, you know, a load of money to make a movie knowing that the that the studio was going to reap the rewards of that spending of that load of money. That's kind of a rare thing. Most directors don't ever get to that kind of echelon. I kind of think that Cameron followed Steven Spielberg's blueprint for that, even dating back to sort of Jaws. I think Jaws was a financial mistake. I don't mean that from a negative perspective. I mean, I don't believe that that movie was supposed to be as big as it was mm -hmm. when it came out in 1975. But it started the formula for big budget movies. Yeah, blockbusters. Right? That was that was one of the the first big blockbusters. First big movies. blockbusters yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. It predates Star Wars. Right. So mm -hmm. I mean, but um, so no, I I think that a lot of it it all goes back to the same thing. You know, kerching, kerching. It all goes. It really all goes back to money. I don't think Avatar could have been made um, unless anybody else other than James Cameron was doing it. Oh, 100%. You know I mean? 100%. Well, and, and at the end of the day, no matter how much effort and money you put into a movie, the fate of who sees it is kind of down to marketing and distribution, which is the unsung hero of a lot of these big blockbuster movies, is how many people are going to you know, go and see avatar if they didn't get a you know a commercial playing on tv that said from the director of all of these other movies that were good oh good point yeah. so there's a lot of that and I mean, I mean the director itself is is a creative figurehead i mean not necessarily the the singular boss but somebody who's like hey, here's here's how we 
uh, here's my vision, and we're going to work with all these other departments to try to make this vision cohesive between all of the different creative departments on a now, film. When it, but when it comes to the actual success of the movie, a lot of that does come down to, to the distribution company. When um, it comes to Avatar, um, that movie w- didn't interest me at all in the trailers because I didn't understand what yeah. I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I didn't Agreed. know, was it a CGI movie? Was it a live action movie? I didn't understand it. Um, my cousin invited me, took me to see the movie. Um, and it was one of the, one of the early kind of, well, 3D. I mean, I, I saw it in 3D. Yep. Immersive yeah. 3D mm-hmm. movies, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And when I was watching it, not having a clue and not really having any interest in it whatsoever, I was completely completely immersed in that movie oh 100 um, yep and saw it i think twice more in the theater just for the just for the endorphins yeah i think i saw it at least <laughs> yeah. three times when it came out i'm with you on that one day for sure i so let so let me pivot again to another director who's like that scorsese films um you know dating back to taxi driver and casino and goodfellas and more recently um the irishman which I watched twice, and I'll, I just can't watch that movie again. It, it's just way too long. But when Casino comes on, or when Goodfellas comes on, or when Taxi Driver comes on, or Raging Bull comes on, are those films you can watch over and over and over again because of the craft no. of acting and the craft of movie making? No. I have to be in a particular mood for those ones. Yeah. Like, and I think that yeah, kind of separates. I think that separates movies that are like rewatchable because they're fun and they give you a lot of endorphins, and movies that are that are good you could watch again. But you have to be ready to like sit down and, and give yourself up to that movie uh, for for an hour and a half. Right? It's it's. There's. I always tell people that I work in the entertainment industry and not the art industry because I'd rather be making movies that I can you know mm-hmm. sit down with popcorn and watch over and over mm-hmm. and over again, like Avatar, than movies where you know you can swish a wine glass around and say I've watched this movie 12 times and hear all the things that I noticed right I mean it's 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 they're they're both equally good uh, movies in terms of the caliber of, of production everything that's gone into them um, but one if you if you see it on cable you're like ah oh, yeah I'm gonna watch this and and also you know browse through Facebook right and you still get that endorphin rush and then maybe the movie draws you in and the other one is like okay well I have to you know it's it's an event it's like oh Goodfellas a great movie I have to, to set aside three hours of my life to you know make sure that, I, that I'm I'm paying attention to it and, and giving it the love that it deserves and there is a huge distinction isn't there between commercially viable or, or sorry entertainment movies and art movies I mean because the film is ultimately an art form. Oh, absolutely! Um, but Casino but. is a piece of art. I, how forever, how violent it is! That film is an art film from start to yep. finish for me. Right, right. and it's so a great, it. it's a great, it's a great, great movie. I, I've seen it once, maybe twice. I don't think it's one that I can go back to over and over again. Even The Godfather, I've seen once. I think once, and I, I just, you know, I've seen it. Uh, it's not going to bring me any more joy to watch it again. Those kind of movies, because you're watching it. It's like watching a movie with a with a twist at the end. I can't watch The Sixth Sense anymore. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, right? Yep, I can't watch sure. the, the Truman Show. And The Truman Show, um, I saw in the second-run theater in Calgary. They had these $2 second-run theaters back in the day. And, uh, and I went to The Truman Show, and somehow... 
because the movie had been out for about six months and somehow I managed to avoid any talk about it. So when the twist came, I actually hadn't figured it out until it happened. I'm like, oh, I see what's going on there. And it was so cool. It was a great experience because it's such a brilliant film. Um, and yet now I can't watch it again because I know, yeah. you know, and so these films with the, with the cool twists and the, you know, like, can you, can you watch Sixth Sense again, knowing... Well, so let, let me let me throw some at you. Blair Witch Project, can you watch it again? No. Unbreakable? Um, I haven't. I watched it. I haven't watched it again. Um, oh, I don't know. Joe, throw another one in that line. Uh, Fight Club. Fight, Fight Club. Club, great one! Yeah, that's right? a good one. That's a good one. I can't really watch that. One. I can't watch that one again. Uh, American oh, History sure. X, for example. Oh, um, great. Yeah. Um, yep. American History X, I can't watch because of one scene. The curb stomping? Yep. Yeah, that's can't yeah, watch it again. Yeah. In fact, every now and then that scene still haunts my dreams. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and that 100%. Me the too. The sound for of sure. the teeth on the concrete. Yeah, I know. Let's not get descriptive. <laughs> very, it's, well. it's a very, but I mean, the fact that that stuck with you so much is just another testament to the fact that that's a good movie, but it's also one of those movies. That's kind of hard to watch on repeat, and I think that's the distinction between those, sure. you know, those mm -hmm. two different types of movies. Actually, what about uh, what about what about films for pure entertainment, guys? Like Singing in the Rain or West Side Story or something along those lines. Like movie musicals that you just watch to feel good. Oh, I mean, not that West Side Story is a feel good story, but you know, are there movies like that? Yeah, Mary that, Poppins. Uh, Mary Poppins is a good one, sure. Lion King, love Lion King. Oh yeah, can you feel the love tonight? I can. I feel the love. I'm feeling very awkward now. Uh, yeah, Mary Poppins. <laughs> is it hot in here? Music. What's that? Is it hot in here? Or is it just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Harry met Sally. Mm -hmm. That's you know, a like, good I one. mean, we can we can sit here for an hour and just label list movie names, right? But yeah, but we are running out of time, and there is one, and I've le I've left this to the end because I would like to have a bit of an involved discussion in the few minutes we have left on this one film series. And um, I'll give you a big, huge hint about what's coming up. Um, Peter Jackson. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What okay. do you guys think about The Lord of the Rings? I think, doesn't matter, but I think there are why, why nine <laughs> of the, nine, yeah. six, not, three? Uh, two, okay, well, nine, nine, right? it depends <laughs> if you're talking well, yeah, about the Hobbit or not. Yeah, it depends on if you count The Hobbit, exactly. I, I don't count The Hobbit because The Hobbit was very contrived and, and, and not really part of the book, really. But I'm just talking about The Lord of the Rings itself. Um, I think, to me, from a technical, all things technical, costuming, uh, mask making, makeup, um, battle choreography, architecture, special effects, the acting... I think that those nine films are probably the greatest technological achievement in film still to this day. That's my thoughts. What's your guys' thoughts? The Lord of the Rings, for better or worse, were the movies that got me into the film industry in the first place. Watching the behind wow, the scenes. Really? Oh, absolutely. Watch it because I loved movies before. 
But then you have hours upon hours of the appendices that they call them and and all of the behind the scenes that show you every step of their process from the from the script writing to the storyboarding to the costume making. And I watched the 18 hours or whatever it was of behind the scenes. And by the end mm-hmm. of it, I was like, this is my career. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I think that The Lord of the Rings are, are one of those rare movies. We, I mean, we've been talking about how you have movies that are either an art or entertainment. And The Lord of the Rings is a perfect little mashup of such beautiful storytelling and such technical prowess and also just entertaining uh time and time and time again no matter how many times i watch it no matter if it was the extended edition or the regular edition uh there are there are moments of humor of drama of action uh yeah it's yeah i i cannot say enough positive things about that movie especially because it's it's what launched me into Mm -hmm. into the journey into the film industry in the first place so how many movies did you say there was terry I think there's well, there's three technically. But, yeah, I six mean, if you include the extended. Well, we're talking about something like yeah. eight, like Joe said about eighteen hours, including the extended versions, which yeah. is like nine movies is what is sort of what I was kind of getting at. But the, pro- the problem you know. the problem is trying. I have a problem with books that become movies, especially books as detailed and as intricate as Lord of the Rings becoming a two or three well maybe in this case three and a half hour movie um whereas the the hobbit which actually i enjoyed as a book um Mm -hmm. was like three movies and they were able to to kind of accurately uh more accurately depict the book than they could possibly have done with lord of the rings if you were to break it down and of course this would become gratuitous at after this point but they could make each lord of the rings three movies and more accurately depict what Tolkien was trying to do. Yes. Or was trying to say. But the story would that have been an entertaining watch? No. Like that, and, no. that's, and that's the other thing is, is everybody always says, oh, the, the books are better than the movies. And, and I always have to look at the books and movies as two separate entities. Different like things. The, yeah, the, movie, the movies are, are based, because that's why I'd always say this is based upon the works of so-and-so. They're not necessarily yeah. trying to recreate the book and everything that the book was trying to do. You have to try to interpret that story into a format that is, that is visual in nature. Um, the the it's, thing it's I loved about The Hobbit, there's one thing in The Hobbit that I thought was so, so well done and inserted. The, the, the whole subplot with uh, Sauron and the whole subplot with the orcs, um, you know, the, the Baradur orcs and all that, I, I could take it or leave it. But exploring the relationship between a dwarf and an elf, right? And not, I mean, Legolas and Gimli. I'm talking more about Toriel and uh, Kili, right? The, 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 the dwarf and the, the, the female warrior elf in, in The Hobbit. I thought that was so exceptionally well done, right? That it was actually really heartbreaking um, when he when Keeley dies, and, and you know she makes the statement, and it's the one time in the Lord of the Rings film where I, I lost my heart, and it was uh, when she says, "If if this is how love feels, I don't want it." Mm-hmm. That's human, right? I loved that, and that's kind of Jackson's genius, I think, is being able to put those human moments into non-human characters. In a lot of ways, and he did that all through those films. You know, was, that, ja- was that Jackson or was that Tolkien? No, That's... no, Tor- Toriel and Toriel's not in 
the Hobbit. She's yeah, a, that, she's that's that's a Jackson and and uh, uh, Philip was it Philippa Boyd? I believe is, is Philippa Boyd. Yeah, yeah. Philippa Boyd. Um, and you know, props to Peter Jackson for those films uh, because. For Lord of the Rings, he had like a year and a bit of pre-production, and he came into the pre-production for the Hobbit series uh, as a director in, in the role of director pretty late on. He had like you know a couple months uh, of pre-production for the Hobbit trilogy, and that's because Guillermo del Toro left to go and do uh, uh, his. I believe it was um, uh, was it Shape of Water that he left oh, to go yeah, do. Yeah, and I also I love yeah. that director too. And uh, so he was originally slated to do the Hobbit uh, movies or movie or whatever it was at the time. And then it, they kind of got stuck in, in production hell. And and the studio basically said, okay, well, we need a director. And uh, Peter Jackson was like, all right, well, here we go again. And, uh, and had to, was literally sometimes on the day coming up with, with rewrites and coming up with pieces of a script uh, because his vision of the Hobbit films was different from what Guillermo del Toro had. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. It's So for all of the flaws that the Hobbit movies have, it's it, they're still watchable movies in my opinion and and it's just a, a testament to i mean like they were they were behind budget behind schedule and tired the whole production through on that movie and i think they did they did great with what they had honestly if they had more production pre-production time i i really am very curious to see like how much of that gratuitous cgi that everybody calls out would have actually been uh would have been live action elements. How much of that did they do because they were short on time and short on budget? Dude, right? Just dude. Uh, I I get choking up over, broken up over the death of a a dwarf in love with an elf, and you're getting all choked up over science. I just don't relate, dude. Don't relate. Yeah. Keep I, up with the tour. Keep I up know. With the tour, I know. Well, I don't. It, you know, I can't help it because I'm just. It's and I guess that's my perspective in the uh, on the industry as well. Like if we if we can if we can talk about me being jaded at all it's maybe not that i don't love working in movies it's just the fact that now i'm seeing every movie for the the story of the production rather than just like oh i loved you know the the relationship between these two characters now i do have to say though uh original lord of the rings uh return of the king i will still cry the Ralph every Batchy time yeah. um when when they're they're sitting on the on the rock and they're surrounded by lava and he he's talking about this this girl and how you know if if he would would have married anybody it would have been her and oh like you can't do that to me like that every single time uh, I yeah it's I I always well let me let me tell you exactly how I really feel about this part or that part of this discussion Joe I loved it. Because you're yeah. right, right? Yeah. Dave and I can sit and talk and, you know, dreamily about movies that, you know, speak to our heart. I love the fact that you brought to this discussion movies that can speak to the, our minds as well. And I think you articulated that really well. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I may have made fun, but I begrudgingly give you respect, <laughs> Joe. You got oh. my respect, Joe. Well, I, 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 you know, I just... I just speak from my heart, and my heart is the science of movies, and that's why I got into. I mean, that's watching behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings. It fascinated me how they were able to to make you feel so immersed, and how to make you feel for these characters. And that's what I love that's about awesome. working in movies. Is, is really so really quickly to uh, 
really quickly to wrap this up. Guilty pleasure movie, Dave. Any guilty pleasure movies that someone would not think you would watch? Do you know that the movie Groundhog Day? Yeah, love that. Let me finish. The movie Groundhog Day I had not seen until this summer, ever. Oh, until wow. this summer. And I'd heard of it, and you know, I kind of knew what it was all about. And I watched it, and I'm like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film. It was anything, a great any, film. Anything Harold Ramis ever did was an amazing A hundred percent. hundred percent. And uh, guilty pleasure movies, I, I don't have any guilty pleasures whatsoever, let alone movies. So uh, I watch my movies very deliberately. I'm not as much a movie guy as a TV guy because I prefer long-form stories to short-form stories. We had this conversation last week. Mm -hmm. but um, But... Guilty pleasure movies. That's having being put on the spot. I can't really think of like no, Jaws. Groundhog Day is a good one. I, I didn't see. I didn't see that coming. That's a really good right. one. I think, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spaceballs. Like you know. Oh! Classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> of course. Classic movies that you can sit down and watch and laugh at. The Princess Bride. Okay. There's my guilt. <sighs> that's my guilty pleasure movie. Oh, now I got to find another one because that was mine. I purposely left that off until the end. Oh no. That word, you keep using it. I do not think that word uh, means, means what, what, you what you think, think it means. means. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I, we, my wife and I, every now and then go on these tangents. I'll say something from the movie, and then we'll just continue the dialogue through to the. Credits. I think that's everybody. We yeah, all, yeah. anyone who's seen that movie, yeah. does that. Yeah. You know for sure. I mean, hey, it kind of gave us that movie. Kind of gave us the premise for this show. You know, you ever heard of Socrates, Plato, Aeschylus? Morons. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, speaking. What about you, Joe? Any guilty pleasure movies? Well, for you? funny enough, speaking of of things that I've worked on, Jason Reitman recently was in charge of coming up with a quarantine remake of The Princess Bride. Have you guys seen this or heard of this at all? I've heard of it, but I I, I actually didn't take it seriously. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> what an interesting concept. It's just all of these very famous. Uh, actors and producers and directors um, filming with their phones little like 30 second clips of this movie and Princess remaking Bride. the entire thing yeah Princess Bride but have you seen it I have you've oh, seen it it's, it's the Princess Bride <laughs> wait a minute this is this movie has been done yeah it's finished yeah. it's a remake of the Princess Bride well on cell phones on cell phones That's from, is this from, like a quibby, from everybody's is this a quibby home. thing is this it's, a quibby it's thing? something like it's I think it was Instagram stories or something like that. It was oh. it's yeah, yeah. Not a theater production. Like I think a you can shot find it on shot? YouTube as well. A shot for shot, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a fan film thing? Yeah, it's a fan that film. Might be exactly. interesting. Yeah. I think there's a conversation to be had, and not on this episode, but there's a conversation to be had of whether movies should be remade or not. And and, and it seems that since in Hollywood, since oh, the, yeah. the ideas for new new movies are kind of going away, they're pulling all of these remakes and reboots and let's take what's old and make new again. And some of them are hits and many of them are misses. And the, the conversation should be had as to whether or not this should even be done. How many times are you going to reboot Batman? I'm sick of Batman. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't care. Christian Bale and Heath Ledger, I was done with Batman. There's only one. That. There's only one Batman movie, and that was the very first one, and that's it. Whoops, <laughs> and that's it. We don't need any more Batman. It's but not this, what I'm Batman's been going on as movie serials from the 40s. 
Right. What was that, Joe? So <laughs> I just said, uh, it's not who I am inside, but the remakes that define me. <laughs> and how about your oh. other your other very famous movie? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Dave, 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 Dave. That, that, that just scared me. I just peed in my pants a little. <laughs> Joe, don't um, do that again. I'm very sorry. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Ah! Oh, I'm what never going to be invited back. Oh, jeez. What about uh, your, your other very famous movie uh, impression that you do? Which which one? Do you I know what I'm talking about? The one, the, the the play that we were talking about doing this year before you moved away. Oh oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, do it and right. see if Terry can guess. Hey, uh, uh, nobody used to be word around here. Okay, well, you know what I'm saying there. Hey, uh, uh, just wondering, uh, is she available or what's going on there? Like, uh, <laughs> hey, we're like some pot to go in. Choppers. What? Yeah. Attention, Attention Kmart, Kmart shoppers. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's great. Beatles what are my qualifications? Oh, well, I attended Juilliard. I went to the Harvard School of Business. I did quite a extensive bit of traveling. I lived through the Black Plague and had a really great time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> wow. This interview is over. <laughs> wow, and rightly so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give you my guilty strikes. pleasure, mo- my other guilty pleasure movie, and you might laugh at this one. But uh, Dirty Dancing, I could watch Dirty Dancing yeah. over and over and over again. Mm. Dirty Love that film. I, I was a big fan of Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Jennifer Grey, take her or leave her. But you know Jerry Orbach, who I thought was a a giant of um, American performance, and and uh, Swayze in particular was. It was just a, a force, man. I, I, I loved those films. So um, I think on that note, guys, we have, we've only scratched the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think we'll do that, this again. Yeah, we'll do this oh, again. I'd love to. There's a lot more there that, uh, I mean, we could, have a whole, we could have a whole program about Princess Bride, I'm sure, or um, Inglorious Bastards and Quentin Tarantino or whatever. Mel Brooks. We never talked once about Mel Brooks except for Spaceballs, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's all kinds of things that, you know, should be in there. Which brings me to this, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you have been starting to write in. We really appreciate that. Keep those letters coming. Keep, uh, keep the tweets coming if you can. Um, find us on Facebook, Two Fat Morons, or at twofatmorons.com. Give us your thoughts, your ideas, and hey, if you've got some insight and want to be a guest, let us know. Hit us up. Say, hey, you guys are morons. Let me be a moron with you. But for now, I want to thank our very special guest star, Joe Reed, for joining us today, a true movie professional. Thanks, Joe, thank for joining for us. Me. It's a pleasure to be here. And anytime, anytime, hit me up. I didn't think I was going to like this guy, Dave, because, you know, science. Because you but- don't like people. No, I like people. I just don't like science people. I'm wearing a shirt so today that says, science, it's gotten us this far. <laughs> That's and not do, do we do we know what the, do we remember what the actual name of the Academy is? The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. Exactly. Uh, you're supposed to do uh, what um, is the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, g- I'll, give you, I'll give you Oscars for 100, Alex. <laughs> nice way to wrap this one up. Well, I'm Terry. He's Dave. I'm Joe. He's Joe. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how we save the world other than give you a little bit of a smile and some maybe a list of movies to go and watch this week, but 
Dave? What? Putting on the Ritz! Putting on the Ritz! I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so lost. Awesome. Awesome. So, we are two fat morons, and every week we make an attempt to... Save the world! One more on at a time. Thanks very much for joining us. I want everyone to stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll end on a movie quote. Um, Party on, excellent. dudes. Be excellent <laughs> oh, that to was, each other. You were, <laughs> How did you know I was going to do I, that? I didn't. That's what, that's what I was trying to think of what the whole quote was. So tell you what, guys, yeah. let's do it all at the same time. Be excellent, excellent to, to one each another. other. And, and party, party on, on dudes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. It's Two Fat Morons Save the World. The world is a messed up place, and they're going to save it. <laughs> Produced by Dave Crookshank and Terry Nihill. Music by Epidemic Sound. Two Fat Morons is a presentation of the Plugged In Media Network and is not intended to be taken seriously by anyone. Check out all our other great podcasts at pluggedinmedia.ca or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Thank you.